God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our healer, our deliverer, our savior, our king. Amen. He's everything and he's more. How we appreciate him this morning. Welcome his presence and ask him just to come among us today and speak to us through the word of God. Amen. Good to have each one of you today in the service of the Lord. I want to just say, give a special welcome to the Burgess family that's with us today from, from North Carolina. They, these folks come over and helped us finish up so we could be in the building on time. And we appreciate them and their labor of love that they did for us. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for all you did. Amen. God bless you. Well, whoever you are and wherever you're from, may the Holy Spirit make you welcome this morning. May you know you're in the presence of the great King of glory. We're here to worship him. We're here to give him the praise that is due him. Amen. Let's just honor him as we bow our heads now and just go to prayer. Maybe you know a need in your life, in your heart today that you desire from God you want the Lord just to come by your way. Amen. He, he hears the feeblest heart cry. He, he can feel the, the, the slightest touch. The woman came with a blood issue and pressed through the crowd. And she reached out and touched him. Today you can press through the crowd and reach out and touch him. He's here. A high priest that can be touched by the feelings of your infirmities. He knows what you need. He's a personal God. He's able to minister to you today in a special way. Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you today for your blessings. We thank you for your grace, your love, your kindness, Lord, your tender mercies. Lord, you've never failed us, not one time. You've always been there on time. You're here for us today. You're here to minister to hearts and lives and reveal yourself to us. We just pray, dear God, you'll reveal yourself to us through the word today. Open up the windows of heaven, Lord. There's a blessing that you have in store for us. We hear that, that in the last days you're pouring out your spirit upon all flesh. We're inviting you to come pour your spirit out on us. Lord, you're a redeemer that lives. Lord, more, more than even a Savior to save us from our sins, but to redeem us back to where we fell from, to restore us. And I pray, Lord, that the great restorer will just come, minister to hearts, minister to lives. As we open up the Word, Lord, open up our hearts. Let, it, let the Word speak today. In Jesus' name, Lord, for the needs for these handkerchiefs, we ask, Lord, that you would supply that. You know where it will go and laid out upon the sick and the needy, those that are desperate, those that are even dying in sin and trespasses. Lord, may, oh God, that as it goes forth from this place, Lord, and will be laid upon the needy, that you'll supply that need, Lord. And I pray, Lord, not only for these handkerchiefs, Lord, it be sent out, but as our voice will travel across the airways today, reaching down into little homes and different places, 
going down into far distant lands where they will hear, Lord, the, the message that was preached today. Maybe in an archive form or maybe even months from now. But may they know that there's an ever-present water from the rock. That it never dries up. It's an ever-given fountain. I pray, Lord, that you'll just bless it, Lord, today. Bless your people. Father, And not only will the word go forth, but from this place the people will go forth. They'll go forth into their communities and to their work, to the state in which they live or the places where they're from. And send the light, the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, of a resurrected, risen Lord, of the God of all power, of God of all grace, of God who will reach down further than we can look up. I pray today, Lord, that thy grace will just reach out to every life. I pray, Lord, not only for that, but Lord, as the voice goes forth in this tabernacle this morning, may there be ears to hear right here in this building, hearts to receive. Lord, oh God, may today make a a real difference in lives and hearts, a turning point for many. Lord, a day, a day where they can anchor their soul in the haven of rest and know who they are and where they come from and where they're going. I pray, Lord, as we read the word that you'll anoint it to our hearts. Bless your bride around the world, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've got people assembled everywhere today. People that love your name, Lord, that lifts it up on high. Thank you for a message that you sent to the messenger of Malachi 4. Thank you for that ministry. Thank you, Lord, for the many sermons that we benefit from. I pray, dear God, today that you'll just, you'll just cause your word to rise in our hearts to believe. Cause faith to rise, Lord. We can do nothing without you. So we're looking for your anointing, knowing you sent forth a ministry in this day to minister the word of life. May you bless that ministry around the world today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. We appreciate the the Lord today. Amen. All the fine songs and the worship to the great King of glory. Now we just want him to speak. Amen. And I believe that the Lord can speak through the ministry of his word. And as we, we read things that were written for our day May that God anchor it into our hearts. Amen. If you'll turn with me to Revelation chapter 3, we're going to read from the 14th verse. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. We're going to read from the Laodicean age, this age that we live in, because I believe God left a message for this day. Amen. Penned it through, through his servant John many years ago and wrote uh, and left a letter to this age, to this time that we're living in. Isn't it wonderful to know that? Amen. That God so cared about us in this age that he, he wrote a personal letter to you. Amen. Through his messenger. Look at what it says. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen. This is the final say. This is the last message to the last age. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, 
I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold nor hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And because thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods and have needed nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. Now he's described our age and our time that we're living in. And he speaks in every age to both the true and the false church. Amen. So we don't want to just stop right here. We're going to read the next verse down to the end of the chapter. And he says, for I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. This is true riches. And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve that thou mayest see. I'm thankful for the eyesalve of the word. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. There's a zealousness required for this age. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear. Is that you this morning? Then let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Amen. God, give us a hearing ear. God bless you. You can't be seated. Today we're going to be speaking on the voice of sonship. And as we are ministering along on this thought, last Sunday we uh, approached that, uh, the, the part on the voice. And we were going through the rapture, the phases of the rapture that God has promised here in this end time. We all know this is the age of his coming. And uh, Jesus' coming, it consists of three different things. Not one thing, but three different things. And, and so there are three phases of his coming, a shout, a voice, and a trumpet. We find this in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we were speaking about this, that this is not a moment and a twinkling of an eye event, even though that there is an event that we're looking for that will be happening in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. And that comes from 1 Corinthians 15 where he says, and we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. But his coming, of course, in, in, some, in some ways you, you really can't count this as a coming because he really doesn't come to the earth. We meet him in the air. This is what the Bible said. So it's more of a going away are as much of a going away as it is a coming because we meet him in the air. So it's a, it's a wonderful time, a wonderful hour where Christ is doing some things in this age that separates us from all ages because it's unique to our age and to our time. Now, he does these three things as he descends. As you know, 
Um, and and I have, I have um, dealt with this before, but as you know, many would argue and say, well, but it's the Lord himself that descends. Well, it was the Lord himself who descended in Exodus chapter 3 in a pillar of fire with a message to Moses that said, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Amen. But the Lord himself came down in a pillar of fire and God spoke out. But what happened? It was a prophet going with a message of a message of deliverance and the message of an exodus. Now, our message is a message of an exodus. It's a message of a rapture. Um, as the historian David Harold said after he read, he must have listened to nearly all of the tapes of Brother Branham because he said, he, 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 he kind of summed it all up and said William Branham's message was on eschatology, which eschatology means the coming of the Lord and the events of the end time. And certainly that is the summary of his message. It's the crux. It's the point. It is the, the, the actual, the prophecy. As John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message for, to forerun the second coming of Christ. So it is a, a message to forerun or to prepare the way for, make the way for the very coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, so he does these three things as he descended, but as, as you know that um, the shout is only one phase of his coming, amen? It's, uh, his coming would, would be in a shout, a voice, and a trumpet, all three, all these things as he descends, as he makes that preparation to meet us in the air, then, um, and, and makes us, he's making a people ready for an ascension. And he does it first by sending a message. And that's what the shout is. The shout is a message. And after, after the shout, though, there is the voice. And after the voice, there is the trumpet. Because there is three phases to this blessed promise rapture. Amen. The phase one is the shout. And it's a message from Christ to gather the elect back to the word. Now, if you look on the natural um, events, as natural Israel has been gathered from all of the nations of the world, and they have gathered themselves back to Israel again, back to their homeland. Well, God's doing something very, very same in the spiritual aspect with spiritual Israel, which is the royal seed of Abraham. There's a natural seed, which is the Jews, the royal seed, which is the, the children of God, the, the saints of God, the bride of Christ. And that royal seed has also been gathered, not, from the, not so much from the nations, to, to a, a, a land, but from the denominations back to the promised land of the Word of God. Because this is where we must be in order for the coming of the Lord to take place. It's like Israel must be in their homeland in order for the Messiah to come to them. And so we must be in our homeland, which is the Word of God, Amen. And, and, and there in that homeland, there is where the Messiah will meet us. Now, 
So this calls them from the denominations to come to Christ. This, this message would come through an Elijah ministry. Now, even as John the Baptist prepared the way for the first coming, even so would this messenger prepare the way for his second coming. So, you know, John, uh, John was a very integral part of the coming, the first coming of Jesus Christ. And so it would take the same way a messenger before his face, just as John had went to prepare the way for the Lord's first coming, that it would require a messenger to prepare the way for his second coming. Now this is very important if, as we look in Luke chapter 1 and verse 16. If you'll, if you'll bear with me just for a moment, we're just laying a little background to get into where we're wanting to go. <clears throat> now, Luke 1, 1, 16, this is what was said of John. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Now remember, this was the ministry of Elijah. Elijah turned the hearts of the children to back, back to God again. This is what he did upon Mount Carmel when he restored the altar and restored back the Jehovah worship again and put all the stones back in order and placed them where they went, put the sacrifice back in place. And then the pillar of fire came down and vindicated that what he had done was the truth. Is that right? Amen. So it was an Elijah ministry that did this. It turned the hearts. It would be John, again, under the same type of anointing that would turn the hearts of the children uh, again or turn the hearts of the fathers back to, to receive the children, which would be Jesus Christ. So he, he said, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their gods. And look at it. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now this would be the ministry of John the Baptist. Amen. This is, this is how that um, the end time ministry would be the same as we've been through it. God telling us time after time after time through, through prophecy that as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. Now, again, why would this message be important? Why, why couldn't Jesus come without, without, um, uh, without the, the Elijah ministry? Because, they, because men being scattered out in every denominational system, in every kind of confusion, it would, it would take a prophet to bring us back to the Word again. Because it's only those that are in the Word that he's coming for. Amen. He's not coming for those that are in unbelief. He's coming for those that are in Christ, and Christ is the Word. Amen. But, but so the, the, the shout is a loud and a clear message of, of his coming, uh, and, and, um, but that he is coming, and he is a Savior, and a healer, and a restorer. Amen. But however, I just want to say to you this morning that Christ is no longer here using the prophet's voice to shout out a message. Amen. The, the, the message has been sounded. 
Amen. That, that, because that is no longer where he is speaking. Amen. That's no more where there's no more sermons that are coming out of Jeffersonville or out of Tucson. The shout phase of his coming has sounded. Amen. And the shout phase of his coming is finished. I didn't finish it. God finished it. I didn't even want it finished. Honestly. Amen. I was just a young boy when God took his prophet home. I didn't want him to go. But God knew his message was finished. He had delivered his message. Amen. Everything needed for the rapture has been deposited to you. Everything needed for you to get back into your homeland, into your position in Christ has been delivered to you. Amen. We don't need to look for a return or another coming of that prophet. We don't need to look for somebody else to rise on the scene. Everything that is needed has been delivered to you. And I thank God for every message that was given. Amen. It's not only a resource. It's not only a go-to. It's not only a source of encouragement. It's, it's more than that. It is the necessary elements for the rapture. You're not going in the rapture without it. Amen. No more than you could have had the coming of Jesus without John. You couldn't have the coming of Jesus Christ in this last day without Malachi 4, without the prophet, without William Branham. It would take that message to turn your heart back to faith again. Because you know where you are. Your heart was, your, your heart, Brother Mark, your heart was turned to Catholicism. Amen? Come on. That's where you were. I mean, there was other you. Your heart was turned to Baptists or Methodists or here or there or scattered this way and that way. And it would take a message to gather you. And I thank God for that message. Amen. We can't do without that message. It, it is still an important word of God today. Amen. But the message was sent. The message has been sent. The shout phase of his coming has sounded. Nobody can take Brother Branham's place. Nobody can come and give a, an echo to it, as it were, and, you know, and, and, and be what Brother Branham was. The shot phase of his message is finished. That message, and, and let me just say, that no way implies that we don't need that message anymore or that it's not of any benefit. I'll tell you, you know, just yesterday, my wife was just down a little bit, just a little discouraged. I don't know why. We, got, we have nothing to be discouraged about. And neither do you. But anyway, you know, the enemy comes in with discouragement and with discouraging thoughts. Amen. And you can begin to look on the negative. Amen. And she, she just put on a sermon, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And it wasn't no time until her very thoughts were turned around. Her spirit was lifted and she was healed of that depression. Amen. There's still power in that message. Amen. We thank God for the message. We're no way, in no way minimizing it. Don't misunderstand me. It's a necessary part. So we're not implying that we don't need it or that we, or that so no benefit. The message was sent to gather us from unbelief back to the word again. 
Amen. And it still has the power to do that. Amen. It still has the power to turn our hearts back to faith again. Amen. The message, though, has sounded. It was the shout. Amen. And a shout. What is a shout? It's a, and I'm quoting Brother Branham here. It's the message going forth. First, the living bread of life bringing forth the bride. Remember what it was to do. It was a message to bring forth the bride, which happens to be the next phase. Amen. A shout is a messenger getting the people ready. He would say, it's lamp trimming time. Now, everybody knows what that is, don't it? Amen. That goes back to Matthew chapter 25, where there was a wise and a foolish virgin. And at midnight, a cry, a shout was made. And the shout said, behold, the bridegroom cometh. The message of his coming. And it awoke a a group of virgins. and, And they trimmed their lamps. They were getting ready for his coming. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. You know when it's lamp trimming time, it's time to get the old smoke off the chimney. Get all the smut of the world off so that the light can shine brightly. You ever seen a coal oil lamp? You know how it works. And then with the wick dipped down into the oil. And there, there when, when, it's, when it first comes, you have to trim it. Trimming it don't mean turn it down. We're not turning our, our, our light down. We're trimming it. We're cutting the excess off. Amen. For your information, you know, it comes, it comes out kind of flat like that. And, and you trim it off until it's kind of pyramid shape. Amen. You trim it off. You trim the edges off. Oh, you cut it here and you cut it there. And you trim the edges off and make it pyramid shape. Amen. Brings us into the stature of a perfect man. Trimming off the world. Trimming off the excess. Amen. Dipping it down in oil. Amen. Getting ready for for the bridegroom. What is it? It is to illuminate the way to the bridegroom coming. Hallelujah. And without the token, without the Holy Ghost, without the oil, you don't have an illumination to get there. You've got to have the oil yourself. Amen. The message alone is not good enough. The shout to wake you up is not good enough. You've got to have the oil to go with it. And the oil is none other than the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you've got to be dipped down into that baptism. Not only do you have that, but you also have to have oil in your vessels with your lamps. Which means that you've got to have some refillings along the way. Hallelujah. And until you meet the bridegroom, you're going to need a lot of refillings. We ought to be saying today, Lord, pour your spirit out on me. Refill me in your presence. Don't leave me where I am. Amen. May I take another step with you. May I advance with you. May I have another outpouring of your Holy Spirit today. Amen. It's lamp trimming time. Brother Bradham would say to shout is Malachi 4 time. Malachi 4 is Elijah the prophet. And I say to you, he's come already. We're not looking for him to come. And neither is he here. 
but he's come already. Amen. He's done his job. Hey, is that hard for us to accept that? Jesus had to come to grips with that. He would say himself, and I say concerning his Elijah, John the Baptist, he said, and he said, and I say to you, he's come already. And we're here on the, on the other side of Malachi 4 right now. Come on. Amen. To where hearts have been turned back to faith again. Amen. And, and what is it? We're on this side of Malachi 4. And we can look back and say, he has come already. We're not looking for him. We're not looking for another. He's come already. And they did to him whatever they wanted, wanted to. But we know what it did to us. It turned our hearts. Is that right? So it's lamb trimming time. Lamb trimming time, Malachi 4 time. When the spirit of Elijah comes upon a man for the purpose of restoration. Remember, this is what Elijah did. He restored the altar of the Lord. Amen. Put the stones back into place. Put the sacrifice in its place. And the fire came and vindicated. Listen, you can't beat the Bible types. This is what God did in this day. This is what God promised to do. Amen. Now, so we're, we're not looking for him. He's come. He sounded his message. And I want to say we have heeded his message. Amen. But he's not here. He's in the dimensions of the saints, the dead in Christ. And he waits there amen, for, the, for the resurrection ahead. Amen. And he'll rise with those of his generation, but his voice is sounded. Now, Brother Branham tells us himself in the Queen of Sheba, in all ages, God has had men that he could put his hand on to do his work. And I'm just saying, God hasn't left us. He's still got men on earth that he can do his work through. Now, God chooses men, not machines. And let me just say it again. God, I'm quoting Brother Branham. You blame him for this. God chooses men, not machines. He chooses men to work through. He chose the prophets of the Old Testament. He chose his own son of the New Testament and the apostles and on down to the age. He's always had a people who would believe him. God has never been without a witness. Sometimes it's got down to just a few, but there's always, there is a remnant. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, he tells us again in God in simplicity, but God in the beginning, that could have made the sun to preach the gospel or the winds to preach the gospel or an angel preach the gospel. But he ordained men for that purpose. And he never changes it. He never ordained denominations. He never ordained groups of men. He ordained men to preach the gospel, not machinery, mechanical devices, or any angelic being. It was man. Amen. So God is not going to use mechanical devices or machinery. Amen. He uses men to preach. We're talking about present tense preaching, not past tense preaching. Past tense preaching can be recorded and read from a Bible, but that's past tense preaching. 
Is it a benefit? Yes. Do we love it? Yes. Do we benefit from it? Yes. But that's past tense preaching. That's where God spoke, not where God's speaking. Now, in the message, Perseverance, he said God always works through agents, men. Men is God's agent always, not creeds, not denominations, but man. God never worked through machinery or never worked through denominations. Amen. You say, well, but Brother Tim, but we still, we still have his, his message. Yeah? We got the message of Paul, too. There are sermons of Luther and Wesley and others. But none of them are now where God is speaking. Their messages were of, are of value, certainly. Paul's gospel can still move the heart. Amen. It can still edify the believer. Because it's the eternal word of God. Is that right? But Paul himself has finished his course. He is not writing 3 Timothy or 3 Thessalonians, or another book to Philemon. He has finished his message. He ran his course. He did his part. And I want to say he did it well. Amen. And yet, we come back and say, but we still have tape-recorded sermons. And yeah, I thank God for every 1,100 and whatever number there is. Amen. And yeah, we still got recordings of Paul too. And I thank thank God for every book of the Bible. All 66 books. Amen. And we thank God for that. But that phase is finished. But Christ is still speaking. And he will use his body to do it. That's what we want to get to you. He is still speaking. Amen. Now, Laodicea church, it shows a church who is spewed out of the mouth of God. But God still has a voice. Just because God spewed and rejected Laodicea doesn't mean that God don't still have a voice. God has a voice today. Somebody's still speaking for him. Now, as we go into this, like John, Brother Branham was a forerunner. Now, Turn with me to John chapter 3 and verse 25. Just lay in just a few things and we'll get in, into the voice. John 3, 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they come unto John and said uh, unto him, Rabbi, he that is with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness... Behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. Now listen, you, look, you can look and see this little, this little spirit of jealousy. You see this little spirit of envy. Because there's somebody that their, the attraction is changing from the prophet to his prophecy. Amen. Because after all, the message never was about John. We can't get that through the thick skull of some of these, these personality cult believers out there today. Amen. It's not about John. It's not about the forerunner. 
Amen. It was to do something. It was to gather an elect. Amen. It was to produce a bride. And John would say, there's someone coming greater than I am. I'm not even worthy to unloose his shoes. But this is what has been promised by all the scriptures. The Messiah. It only happens that the Messiah this time is in bride form. Did that go over? Did it pass over? Did you catch it? Amen. The Messiah is now in bride form. Amen. Because before we meet him in the air, he's got to come in full manifestation in his body. Who is his church? Now, so they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he that is with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold the same baptism, the same baptized, and all men come to him. I mean, they're leaving you, John. They're, they're, they're going to this Jesus. Well, exactly where did you want them to go to? Amen. Now, let me ask you, what do you think William Branham tried to get you to? What do you say any true servant would try to get you to? To Christ. Amen. To get a, in fact, Brother Branham said, you're not following a man. Man's word will fail, but you're following the body word of the son of man. So that's what you're feeding on. See, we're not a personality cult following a, you know, a, a certain man, we're, we're, we're not feeding on that man. We're feeding on the body word of the son of man. Amen. Who is that? Who is the son of man? That's Jesus. Amen. Now, John answered, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. You know, today we hear little fusses and little rumors about big churches and little churches and big ministries and little ministries and, you know, this and that. And and there's all this jealousy and, you know, envy. Come on. We're on a team. I mean, you see God blessing somebody, get behind him. Don't fight it. Get behind it. Amen. I just say, I don't care if you got a church of five or ten or twenty. We need you. You're part of the body. Come on. Get, get that part ready for the coming of the Lord. Do what you can. Be a light in your, in your area, wherever you are. But don't fight against everybody else. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. And that's the thing. You know, God... God, look, look at the talents. Jesus gave some 100 and some 50 and some one. He gave them all something. Amen. And, and, and let me just tell you, sometimes people get upset because God didn't make more of me than what, you know, what I think he should have. Well, you think too much of yourself. That's the problem. You think too much of yourself. Amen. God, God can give things to give things to people that He can trust, and many times it takes years of building that trust before He can hand them into His hand. He don't want His bride manhandled. 
Amen. And God, God is the one that places ministry, and God's the one that removes ministry. It's all his players. Amen. He knows exactly when my race is run and when it is. He'll put me off the board and away I'll go. Amen. I hope it's the rapture. But if it's not, amen, I will have run my course. And that's all you can do. A man can do nothing. Well, you know, they, they wouldn't let me preach. Let me tell you something. If God calls you to preach, ain't enough devils in hell. Much less a preacher gets to stop you. Hey Amen. You'll preach it from the street corners. You'll go to the nursing home. You'll do it in your school. You, you'll do it everywhere. And if God calls you, he'll have somebody listen to you. But a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ. But I am sent before him. You see, John knew he was not the Christ. And he knew he was not the bridegroom. Two things he knew. He knew I'm not the Christ. I'm not the bridegroom. I'm just a voice of one crying in the wilderness that's preparing the way for him. I'm not him. There's somebody coming greater than me. There's something coming after me. Amen. Now, so you see, he goes in verse 29. He said, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. So he's separating himself. I'm not the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom. I said, I'm a friend of the bridegroom. I'm not the bridegroom. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. Which standeth and heareth him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my, this my joy therefore is fulfilled. So he said, my joy is fulfilled in that I hear the bridegroom. And the bridegroom's with the bride. And I can hear his voice. And what you're telling me about is the voice of the bridegroom. They should all come to him. Amen. So he says, he must increase, and I must decrease. So he realized there had to be, there needed to be an increasing and a decreasing. Amen. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthy, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. Isn't that the truth? So even as John, you see, he told us that he was forerunning someone. John was not the Messiah. He was pointing to the Messiah. He was not the bridegroom. He was pointing to the bridegroom. Amen. Now, Brother Branham realized the same thing. Now, look, this is what the Holy Spirit put on his pen to write. And I'm going to quote some of it. You'll find this in Spoken Words Original Seed is the first place. I believe that Brother Branham read what the Holy Spirit put on his pen. And he said, my mission, I believe that God has called me for. I have to say some personal things today because that's what I told you I would do, see, and tell the world. He goes back to reading. My mission, I believe to earth, the earth is what? Is to forerun the coming word, see, The coming word, which is Christ. So you see, he was a forerunner of the coming word. 
he would introduce us to Christ. And Christ is the Word. Amen. That's why in our marriage here to Christ, it's not a, it's not, it's not a marriage to a man. It's a marriage to Christ the Word. Amen. Where you become one with the Word. The two become one. The Word becomes flesh. Then he would tell us again in spoken words, original seed, as the end time prophecies will repeat, I believe, as the first forerunner came from the wilderness and cried, behold, the Lamb of God, the second forerunner will probably do the same by pointing the people to a word-born bride. So we now know that the word coming is going to birth a bride. The word will be made flesh in bride form. Hallelujah. And he said, this forerunner would do the same as that forerunner. And that one pointed and said, behold the Lamb of God. Oh, hallelujah. The second one will do the same by pointing out, behold the Lamb of God. How is the Lamb here? In bride form. Christ in his body. The church. Christ in you, the hope of the rapture. Glory. Amen. Now, so the, the, behold the Lamb of God, the forerunner will do the same by pointing the people to a word-born bride. The bride of Jesus Christ will be pointed to the skies at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Screaming, behold the Lamb of God will come forth from his lips. God help us to be ready for this near event. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, he would tell us in trying to do God a service without his will. He said, how did he bring Christ here? By the word of the prophets. So there's the prophets' words that brought Christ on the scene. Told us what he would be like. Told us a virgin would conceive. Amen. To prophesied that he would be wonderful, a counselor, the mighty God. He, they prophesied from the early Genesis, in the very beginning, that he would come as the seed of the woman and would be a serpent bruiser. Is that right? So the words of the prophet was spoke. Now, when God speaks something, something has to happen. Amen. And it went forth just like when he said in the beginning, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. When he, said, when he says, when he started speaking of a Messiah, the very word itself was speaking that Messiah into existence. That may have taken hundreds of years for it to get there, but he finally came. And Jesus was the, the fulfillment of all the prophecies in one body. Hallelujah. But do you know the bride has been prophesied down through the ages? Amen. And there will be a people on the earth in this last day who will be the fulfillment of all of the prophecies. Whether Rebecca spoke of them, whether Rahab spoke of them, whether Ruth spoke of them, whether Esther spoke of them. Come on. Somebody help me. Whether Abraham spoke of them and Sarah spoke of them, no matter who was prophesying, she'll be the fulfillment of all those prophecies. Even of the New Testament. Amen. Because she fulfilled the New Testament. So he says, he says again, Speaking of Jesus Christ, or speaking of Christ, how did he bring Christ here? By the word of the prophets, is that right? 
How will he bring his bride here? By the words of the prophets. And then he says, how did he identify Jesus Christ or him when he came? By a man with the spirit of Elijah come on him out of the wilderness. And how will he identify his bride? Now here again, how will he identify his bride coming? Amen. He promised in Malachi 4 the same thing. Hallelujah. So can't you see? Here was a forerunner, but he's forerunning something. Amen. He's not just running. He's forerunning. He's not him. There's something greater coming after him. Amen. A prophet is great. His message is great. He's a great and a burning and a shining light. Hallelujah. His message is glorious. But he's only pointing to something more glorious coming. You see, church, this is another book of Acts. And a book of Acts is not written by one man. All one man's scriptures have been fulfilled. Malachi 4 was Elijah. That was a one man scripture. It's not a group of men. That's not me. That's not you. Amen. That ain't any other preacher. Malachi 4 was William Branham in this last day. Are you with me? Amen. It was the seventh angel sounding his message. That was Malachi 4. That was a one man scripture. Revelation 10, 7, the seventh angel. That was not a group of men. That wasn't a group of preachers. That was one man. But all one man's scriptures have been fulfilled. And we're not here trying to fulfill those scriptures. But there is a part in the symphony that was written for us to fulfill. And that's what I'm trying to get to you today. It's glorious to have been able to see the first coming, first part. But you've got to see the next part. Now, I could preach a whole message today on those in the days of John that could see clearly his ministry and what he was to do, but they couldn't see the one he pointed to. In fact, there many, many years later, they still don't even know that Christ has come. And Apollos is a great preacher, but he, he's missing, he's got to miss an element. He doesn't know the scriptures have been fulfilled. And that's many of people today. You see, it's all playing out. And people are playing out this part and that part and this part and that part. Amen. I just pray that some of those John followers will be in Apollos today. That they can hear the words of Aquila and Priscilla explain the way of the Lord more perfectly and see that Jesus is the Christ and that Christ has a bride here on the earth in the end time. Now, the same angel, the same angel that was with the prophet of God is the same angel that's here today. The same pillar of fire, I'm quoting Brother Branham, the same pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel is following the Holy Ghost Church tonight. Hallelujah. Moses was just one of the prophets among the children of Israel. He wasn't the children of Israel. 
Amen. He was just one of them. And the pillar of fire never just followed Moses, although he said, I'll send my angel before thee to keep thee in the way. But it wasn't for Moses only. It was for all of Israel. And I just want to say, the pillar of fire is leading the church today. That's who it is among us. That's who it is that's healing our sick. That's who it is that's casting out devils. Amen. But he's doing it through the bright body. Amen. That's the one that healed Sister Lana the other day. Amen. And gave her, amen, a restored health. Come on, church. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's the Holy Ghost. That swept through the room that day and my wife received her sight back. Amen. And then in the course of the week, her strength back. And many of you don't know it because we don't tell everything. A lot of things you go through, you bear maybe alone, just very few that are close around you know. But my wife had went through a horrible time with menopause that was incredibly hard. I'm just going to tell you, you may be going through that today. But there's hope for you. God's not going to leave you there. Just don't let the devil anoint that thing. It's a natural course of life. You're not the devil, but don't let the devil anoint it. We had suffered. We went through some really, really difficult things. That I, I, you know, it would be too personal to describe. Too, too. What is the word? Transparent. To let you in on it all. But in Germany, the other just, what was it, a year or two ago, Brother Ron Spencer in that meeting, you know that I went. I went there because I felt led of the Lord to go there. And I preached to a big seven thunder convention that had been following the personality cult of Joe Coleman. And I went to that meeting there and I couldn't, I couldn't in that meeting, you know, speak about, you know, against their beliefs and things. You know, you, 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 can't, you can't do that. You've you got to use some wisdom. Jesus sent us out to be harmless, uh, you know, uh, to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You have to use some wisdom. So what I did preach was, you're going to give an account. And they will. They'll give an account for their false doctrines. Taking things that Brother Branham said out of context. Misleading people and abusing people. Amen. Causing division in the church of God. They'll give an account for it. So I just preached on giving an account. We're all going to, I'll give an account too. They're not alone. You'll give an account too for what's given to you. Even right down to a young person. But I went into that meeting there. Brother Ron Spencer there, I think, was there for only one service. He flew in kind of late and was there for a couple of services maybe, but then um, he wasn't even there when I preached. But there on the, in his service, he come out and, he's, and, and as he was preaching, he said, the Lord's going to finish what, what he started. And he comes walking down the aisle, and he takes Sister Karen out by the hand, brings her out into the aisle, and he says, Sister Karen... God's seen you in your, in your suffering. He's seen you in the night, worried about everything that just happened that night. 
He said, he saw you just where you were, but I want you to know he's going to finish today what he started. That day we stopped the hormone treatments. She ain't had another one since. She ain't had a moody blue spell like that since. She's been healed ever since. You know why? You know why I'm telling you that? Because there is a pillar of fire. The Holy Ghost that is working in the body. The body of his church. Amen. I can, my goodness, I can go through little things like little Jude healed of kidney. Some of you that were healed of epilepsy. Some of you were healed. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I don't know where we would stop. Amen. If we got started on that, of what God has been doing and has done. Amen. Because he's in the body. What can I say more about souls that were so lost out in sin that God reached out further than they can look up and reach down and brought them out? What did that? The pillar of fire, the Holy Ghost, the angel of the Lord went out to them. He'll go out to you this morning, to your loved one, to your need, to your situation, because he's still the same God. The ministry of William Branham may be finished, but the ministry of Christ never finishes. <laughs> it wasn't just for Moses only. It was for all of Israel. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 He descends from with a shout. Then the voice of the archangel. Now, did you read that? The voice of the archangel. Second phase. Is that right? Now, where are we going to find the voice of the archangel? Where are you going to find that in the scripture? I mean, Paul writes it, and here it is, but now, look like to me, you know, it wouldn't just be a standalone scripture. There would have to be an expanding of that, an understanding of that. It's got to be written in the word elsewhere. You know, a word of a prophet follows a prophet. Is that right? So you see, let's, let's turn there to where the archangel is. It's Revelation 10, 1. And I saw another mighty angel Come down from heaven. Oh, now, we just read First Thessalonians 4 that the Lord descends and here he comes down. This mighty angel is his own messenger. Amen. He is the messenger of his covenant because he's clothed with the cloud, a rainbow. The covenant is over his head. Amen. And his face was as it were the sun. What is this? Full word. Nothing, no shadows over it. Come on. This is not, listen, this is not a bunch of tights anymore. This is the fulfillment of the tights. Amen. And a rainbow is upon his head, his face as well as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea and upon his left foot on the earth. Watch now. And when he had cried, he cried, what? 
What did he do? He. What? Shouted. He's not boohooing. He ain't got handkerchief out. I messed up. You know, I couldn't get him in this last stage. I'm so sorry. It's not, he's not crying. He's shouting. Amen. And when he, and when he shouts, he shouts with the lion's roar. The king's word. The message of the king. Somebody with me now. And when he had shouted, seven thunders uttered their voices. That happened under the seventh angel's message in the descending of Christ. Amen. What was it? A shout. Crying with a loud voice. Shouting with a loud voice. Look, it proved to us it was Christ. It was shouted around the world. Brother Wayne, Brother Wayne had his sister go through the tapes the best she could. I don't know how long it took her to do this. And I don't know what method she used. But she came up with 8,360 visions. Some, somewhere over 8,300 visions of, of William Branham that he had just on tape. They don't even cover those that happen, you know, out of church. These are just ones that he's talking about in church. Now, it's one thing for a man to have a vision. Some of us have had a vision or two in our life. Some of us have had none. Some of us had 10 visions. Some of us maybe had 20. 8,000 some odd visions that, that is recorded in 1,100 tapes, and never one of them failed. That's a mighty voice. Amen. We're not talking about one thing. We're talking about over and over and over and over and over again. God wanting you to know this was his message. It was the shout of the king. Now, so he cries with a loud voice. Let's keep on going. Let's take that next verse. He shouts with a loud voice. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, now we're back 2,000 years ago, and John said, I was about to write these 2,000 years ago, and I heard a voice say to me 2,000 years ago, seal up the things which the thunders uttered and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. Now he's going to swear. And he swore by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein. Now notice, he swore by him that liveth forever and ever. So time doesn't change this. Secondly, when we look at this swearing, this is what he did with Abraham, and he confirmed the covenant with an oath. And when he did, he swore by himself. And 
this is exactly what the angel is doing. He is swearing by himself. Amen. He that liveth forever and ever. He that created heavens and earth and the things that therein and the sea and the things which are therein and, and the earth and the things which are therein. He swears that there should be time no longer. He promises there will come a day when time, the time to hold this back, will no longer be delayed. I'm delaying it now because the first age can't have it and the second age can't have it and the third age can't have it and the fourth age can't have it and the fifth age can't know it and the sixth age can't know it. Verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of these thunders should be finished as he had declared to his servants the prophets. Amen. I'm going to reveal the mystery. I'm going to open the book. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again. Phase two. We just got out of phase one. Now we're in phase two. He spoke to me again and said, go take. Now John is symbolic of the whole bride. Brother Branham said so. He said God can take one man and, and represent his whole bride with one man. And he said that's what he did with John. And here with John, he said, he said go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went to the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. And he said, take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Oh, my. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and I ate it up. And it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And as soon as I I ate it, my belly got bitter. Amen. There's some things just kind of hard to digest. It causes a war, a turmoil on the inside of you. And the message ain't all easy to swallow. Some people are having difficulty with it today. And so they reject it and they spit it out. They don't want it. Amen. But I tell you, keep it down. Amen. Keep it down and, and let it come out as a prophecy because he said, thou must prophesy again. It had already been prophesied through the seventh angel, but now it has to be spoke again. This time, before many peoples, nations, tongues, and people, it's got to go to all the world. It's got to find that last predestinated seed. Is somebody with me? Amen. First Thessalonians 4, 16. And for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, let's go to Daniel's prophecy. And let's see about this voice of the archangel. Daniel 12 and verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up. This is a mighty angel. This angel of the covenant. Come on. Amen. Do you see Michael, the last word, the last two letters in his name is E-L? 
Do you realize this is his angel that goes before him? This is his angel that's in the pillar of fire. This is when God comes as a messenger. Amen. And this is where he comes now as an angelic messenger. Notice, and he says, and he said, and that and Michael shall stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble. Are we in it? Amen. Such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And in that time, thy people shall be delivered. Oh, he's going to take the whole world, Brother Tim. Everybody's going in this great rapture and going to leave the world vacated. No, ain't what he said. And thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. So what you see in Revelation 10 is the same you're seeing in Revelation 12. It's the mighty angel standing up. It's the same thing that the Lord himself shall descend. He shall stand up to make his descent. So, that people shall be delivered. Did anybody catch that word? Put that verse back up. And there shall be a time of trouble. Are we there? Now remember, Daniel is the book of Revelation to the Jews. Our our book of Revelation is to the Gentiles. But this is the book of of Revelation to the Jews. So, you know, this is, in in most aspects of the book of Daniel, it um, it is speaking to natural Israel. But I want you to know, anything that speaks to natural Israel speaks to spiritual Israel also. Because whatever God does here, he does here the same. Amen. Are you with me now? So now, notice what he says. That that time shall Michael stand up. Oh, church, we're living in a day that's one of the glorious, most glorious hours. This Christ has stood up on your behalf. He is, can I say it to you? Heaven has moved for you. Amen. This is the same way it was in the days of the Exodus. God said, I heard your, their suffering and their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them. Amen. What was it? God standing up for Israel. And standing up to Pharaoh. And said, let my people go. And if that meant something in that day, it ought to mean something in our day. This is a greater day than that day. We have been for years in slavery. We have been years in bondage to sickness and decay and sin and troubles. Come on, church. Amen. This is a day of freedom. I don't care what the taskmasters are saying. I don't care if the devil said, I'll keep on them more trouble. Amen. I'll occupy them with everything else. I'll tell you, devil, you might as well get ready because the curses of God are against you. The word of God is against you. There is a people that freedom is being sounded to. There shall be a time of trouble. 
such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. But, and at that time, this time of trouble, thy people shall be delivered. Delivered. My God went through this age showing us that he would deliver. Open blind eyes, giving ears to the deaf. Casting out devils, freeing God's people. Then he started liberating us from denominations. Come on, you, hey, you, you talk about a legion in a tomb, you had a Baptist tomb or a Methodist tomb or a Pentecostal tomb. Hallelujah, but that day, brother, you heard a message that said, come forth. And it called the bride out of the tombs of religion back to freedom again. Delivered. Jesus calls it an escape. He says, we should pray always, this is in the book of Luke, that we may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come up to pass. Brother, there's some things coming. There's some trouble coming like you ain't never seen. You think trouble's bad now? Tribulation's worse. Because the devil will come down and reign for a short time on the earth. That's right. You read the Bible. But I'm reading also the Bible that there's an escape. Amen. That's what we're trying to get you to do. Escape. Amen. To escape the death, to escape the tribulation, to escape the judgments that are coming on the earth. To escape the time where men will cry and there won't be no God to answer. To escape the time where there won't be any mercy, where you're stuck in the condition you're in. Do you realize when this bride leaves from here, there'll not be another Gentile saved and you'll be stuck? without mercy knowing that you turned down mercy now Paul calls it in Thessalonians catching away he said we'll be caught up that word is harpazo which means seized (laughs) like an eagle amen he comes down and seizes us Lifts it up. Amen. I'm telling you, church, he'll snatch us out. Just before the jaws of death close, he'll snatch out a bride. We might get down to the fiery furnace, but he'll be there right on time. It might get so dark you can't see your hands in front of your face, but be of good cheer, little children. There is a man here who can turn on the light. Who will rapture church. He's not going to leave you. That's why his Holy Spirit is still brooding and calling and moving service after service. Because he's not going to leave a one. Amen. Your name's on that book of life. Come on. 
you're going to be delivered. Hallelujah. <coughs> Even right down to those who are in the dust of the earth. Verse 2, chapter 12. And many of them shall, that sleep in the dust shall awake someday everlasting life. So many will awake. There's going to be an awakening. Are you with me now? Amen. So, so again, remember, even remember this actually applies to Israel. So their resurrection actually takes place at the end of the tribulation. But ours happens before the tribulation. Now, so you see, the next verse says, and they that be wise. Is there wise people in this church? I asked the question, is there a wise virgin here? Is there somebody in this age that's been made wise? I mean, you wasn't wise, but now you've been made wise. You've been made wise to the tricks of the devil. You've been made wise to the whore and the, and the harlot daughters. You've been made wise to the beast in the book of Revelation chapter 13. You've been made wise that there's a rapture in the end time. You have been made wise. You have been imparted a knowledge. That's what the message did for you. It imparted a knowledge. Revelation. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Oh, church, this is your time to shine. You can't shine all black and dirty and smutty like the other kids in school. But I don't want to be different. You mean you want to be dark and smutty and sinful and evil like the rest of them? It's your time to shine. It's your time to stand out. Amen. If it's a time of darkness and a little bitty light bulb comes in, it, it, it illuminates. Everybody can see it. It's your time to shine. They're at the work where you're at. On the job where you're at, in the school where you are, in the classes that you're in. Amen. What? To turn many to righteousness. So this is our time to shine. You're an evening light. The mighty angel of Revelation 10 puts his foot on the land and the sea, swears by him that liveth forever and ever that there will be no more delay, which means the wait is over. The wait, we've been waiting for how many years? 2,000 years for him to come. And the wait is over. Hallelujah. Amen. The message of his coming is here. Come on, church. And it's even going into another phase. Amen. For those who heard the shout, become a voice to it. Those who heard the cry of Revelation 10, 7 becomes a voice to it. After eating the book, they prophesy again. 
Amen. The wait is over. And the same anointing of Christ, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same signs and wonders that was in the shout is also in the voice. Oh, my, let that sink down under the fifth rib. Amen. It's caused a stir down on the inside. Amen. If I can get you to swallow that, it'll cause a battle on the inside. Amen. It'll start casting out unbelief and darkness and fears and all other kind of things. Come on. Amen. Because it can't stay when that word has preeminence. Amen. Can I say it again? The same power, the same anointing of Christ that was in the shout is also in the voice. It's the same Christ doing all three things. It's not a different Christ. It's the same Jesus that was in prophet form is now in bride form. Hallelujah. It was Christ in the shout. Now it's Christ in the voice. It's a bride, can I say it? It's a bride who after digesting the book is given voice to the archangel's message. Amen. It's Christ in the voice. It's a bride given voice to the archangel's message. Amen. Why the archangel? Because it's a chief angel when God comes as as his own messenger. And and there is a people on earth and an elect bride that gives Christ his voice. Somebody is giving voice to Hollywood. People are giving voice to Satan. There has to be somebody giving voice to Christ. And the voice isn't a tape recorder. Come on. No, no, the voice isn't a tape recorder. The voice, the voice is a people. Amen. Who are writing a book of Acts. Because the vine has put forth another branch. And when it does, it has to produce the same fruit that the vine had. Well, some of you are yawning. Some of you are thinking about dinner. Some of you ain't thinking. (laughs) Selah. Let's pause and think on this bit. His voice, his voice, an elect bride, given Christ's voice in this end time. His voice is the sound of many waters. Not one, but many. Come on, church. 
Amen. You, you say, well, Brother Tim, Brother Branham, he was the voice of God using just generation. So he was. But he was just one of the voices. He wasn't the voice of God. He was just one of the voices. The voice of God is the sound of many waters. Not one person, but many persons. Amen. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. Now, what you heard first was one voice, and the second voice was many voices. It all said the same thing. It's not saying something different. It's saying the same thing. One said, hallelujah. It was a single voice, but the other was saying the same thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What was that? The voice of many waters. That's the voice of Christ. His voice is the sound of many waters. Many people. We need young people voices. We need old people's voices. Amen. We need middle-aged voices. We need women's voices. Can it, can't there be some women in this day give voice to the voice of Christ? Amen. We need men's voices. We need teenage voices. Amen. We need preachers' voices. Amen. We, we need deacons' voices. We need the voice of the bride. Amen. The voice of Christ is the voice of many waters. God speaking, prophesying again. <coughs> All together making one voice. This is the last church age of Laodicea who rejects Christ. And in turn, Christ rejects them and says, I will spew you out of my mouth. You will no longer speak for me because you got your own message. You have your own agenda. Listen, the church today has its own baptisms. They have their own God who is multiple gods. They have their own, they, they have their own theology, not, not the Bible. Amen. Listen, Brother Branham, a momentary consideration of the church history will prove how accurate this thought is. In the dark ages, the word was almost lost entirely to the people, but God sent Luther with the word, and the Luthers spoke for God at that time. They were God's voice. But they organized, and again, the pure word was lost for organization tends toward dogma and creeds and not simple words. It was a time that they were the word. And they were the voice of the word. They could no longer speak for God. So then God sent Wesley. And he was the voice with the word in his day. Amen. And, and the people who took his revelation from God became living epistles read and known of all men for their generations. And when the Methodists failed, God raised up others. And so it has gone on through the years until in this last day, there is again another people in the land. 
Did you hear what he said? Another people in the land who under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. Hallelujah, I believe I'm speaking to that people this morning here and around the world. God has a people. Another people is in the land. Another Israel is here. Amen, another book of Acts church is here. Another people is in the land who under their messenger is the final voice. To the final age. Yes, sir. The church is no longer the mouthpiece of God. It's its own mouthpiece. So God is turning on her. He will confound her through the prophet and the bride. For the voice of God will be in her. Amen. Hey, you argue with your prophet. Where do he say the voice of God will be? In her. Amen. That's where the voice of God is. In her. Amen. Yes, sir. For it says in the last chapter of Revelation, verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. There's a bride that's in unison with the spirit. She's saying exactly what the spirit says. Now, the pope is not in the mouth of God. He's rejected, spewed out of God's mouth. He, he speaks, but not for God. Some of the nonsense that's been coming out of his mouth of late. I mean, you know, it's so, it's so ridiculous and out there. It's, it's way out. Amen. He's speaking, and he's speaking maybe for the church, but he ain't speaking for God. Amen. And, and that's the way that it is with most of the so-called Christians today. They speak, and they're speaking for the church. Our church believes. In our church, it's all right. In our church, we can do this. Amen. But, but they speak, but it's not for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that watch just told me that your time is up. So now I'm on my time. I had so much time for you this morning, and that's what I allotted for you. Now the rest of it is I'm on my time. Amen. Amen. But you see, that's the way with most so-called Christians today. They are speaking. Oh, they're saying a lot of things. They're writing a lot of books. They got a lot of colleges. They got a lot of programs. They got a lot of evangelistic services. They got a lot of churches, and they're speaking. They're doing a lot of talking, but not for God. They're talking for themselves. They're representing their church, their organization, their dogma. Amen. Amen. Look at them. Look at the people of the world. Their their clothes don't speak of God's holiness. Amen. It speaks of Hollywood. Speaks of sin. Speaks of lust. Somebody help me preach now. Amen. The women and the men are given Hollywood voice with their, with their transgender look. Amen. Women wearing man's apparel. 
I just read an article this week, you know, that come out and said, um, most of you, as you reach for your cup of coffee this morning, you women, you didn't think about how, uh, about the women who's went before you, who, 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 who went before you and made the way to give you the freedom to wear pants. So just a few years ago, it would have been illegal for you to wear pants. But now these women have went before you. See, they were your forerunners. And they went before you to prepare the way where you could wear pants. And they said, because we know that pants brings power. And pants is, is, is equality. And so therefore, we are proud to say we wear the pants. They got a voice. But it ain't the voice of God. And it ain't the voice of the Bible. I wonder if time would go on. If one day we'll hear these same people crow. And these men saying, you know, you men, you didn't think today when you reached to get your cup of coffee. How wonderful it was for the men who went before you that gave you the courage to wear women's clothes. Well, just get your cup of coffee and go. <laughs> Amen. But that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the world. That's the voice of confusion. That's the voice of Babylon. Come on, church. Amen. Look at them. Their clothes don't speak of God's holiness. It speaks of Hollywood. Amen. The women and men are given Hollywood voice with their transgender look. You boys with your pretty boy hairdo and, you know, up and puffed and all this other stuff. You know, looking like some gay queer out there somewhere. Shame on you. Look like a man. Amen. Look like a man. Now, you see, but what is it? You see, according to the Bible, this age refuses Christ. I'm, I know but with what I'm preaching on right now, you're glad I'm on my time and not your time. By the way, they refuse Christ. Why? He is on the outside and not on the inside. Look at the, look at the Bible. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's on the outside knocking. Amen. He's on the outside of the church. He's not on the inside. The Laodicean church is spewed out of the mouth of God. It's made him sick. Amen. In other words, Laodicea, the church of Laodicea is no longer speaking for him. They are their own voice, having rejected the voice of God, the word. But in this last day, though, there is another people in the land. I'm preaching to that people this morning. There is another people in the land who has given voice to the word. Amen. They are the mouth of God. They are the voice of God. 
The voice of God's not some building somewhere. It's not some voice of God up in Jeffersonville. That's not the voice of God. His bride is the voice of God. There's another people giving voice to the word of God. They are the mouth of God. They are the God's mouthpiece. Sons who are the manifestation of God, made in his image, conformed to the image of his son. Another offspring in his image is upon the earth. She is his image. She's his likeness. She is the manifested, revealed son of God in bride form. Let me introduce her, Miss Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what Brother Branham said. He said, when the church will quit being called Baptist, Methodist, and Presbyterian, amen, will be called by his name, she'll be called Miss Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He said, in the Laodicean age, he said, oh, God still has a voice for the people of the world, even as he has given a voice to the bride. That voice is in the bride. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, God could have chose, listen to him, in the message, uh, Luke, uh, look, he said God could have chose to, to preach the gospel by the sun, by the moon, by the stars, by the wind, or by nature, but he chose men to preach the gospel, and that's where the voice of God will come from. Amen. Hallelujah. We're living in the days of the voice, where God is speaking in bride form. Prophesying again. And signs followed the first prophecy. Signs will also follow the second prophecy. If he vindicated it once, he'll vindicate it again. Amen. Because the vine is putting forth another branch, writing another book of Acts. And you are the book of Acts church that is living on the earth for him to demonstrate his life through in this last day. There is another people in the land. Amen. Let me just sound it across the nation and across the world. Let it sound wherever the voice goes today. There is another people in the land. Who under their messenger is the final voice to the final age. And when she is called home and quits speaking and finishes her message, one day she will do it. Amen. There will be a resurrection. There will be a catching away. There will be a change. One day we will be quickened. One day there will not be any more sermons preached from this pulpit or out of your life. But you'll be changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye. The last sermon rejected when you go home. And darkness covers the Gentiles totally. And the gospel turns to the Jews. There is another people in the land. Somebody look in the mirror. Can I hold it up? look in this mirror somebody look in this mirror and say mama that's me that's me that's me 
God, I'm going to get voice to this word. I'm going to get voice to his healing. I'm going to get voice to his miracle. I'm going to get voice to his resurrection. I'm going to get voice to his holiness. I'm going to get voice to his power. Mama, that's me. Hallelujah, that's me. That's me. I and this word are one. Whatever it says, I say. Whatever it proclaims, I proclaim. Whatever it preaches, I preach. Hallelujah. Another people in the land. And as they look upon this word, the Bible said they are changed from glory unto glory until they match it. I'm going to match Sarah and Abraham. Hallelujah. And their body changed and receiving the son. I'm going to match Ruth and Naomi. Come on. I'm going I'm to match all the scripture. I'm going to match every word of God because it's my book. Amen. Let's love the Lord this morning. Amen. Father, if we love you today. We proclaim the word of God. We proclaim healing and deliverance to those that are bound. And we worship you in the name of Jesus for your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I will praise the Lord. Amen. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings. Amen. I'm going to give praise to him. Let's just worship him together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just give him praise now. Oh